The scripture this morning is Genesis 4, 13 through 15. And Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. Okay. All right. Thank you, Janine and uh, Daniel, Sergio, everyone that um, was presenting this morning. Um, and uh, yeah, my name is Eric. I can lose the mask here. Um, so welcome to everyone online. Um, welcome to the new students if this is your first semester. Um, and congratulations if this is your last semester for all the graduating students um, in the summer. Um, it's all coming very, very quickly to an end. So um, my prayers are going to be with you as you continue in your journey in seminary and as you go off into uh, uh, the ministry. Um, so just bow our heads for prayer here. Um, dear Father in heaven, Lord, we just thank you for giving us uh, the hope of redemption, Lord. Um, I ask that you prepare our hearts and um, um, help me preach your word in power, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning I'll be sharing with you the story of Cain and Abel um, from Genesis 4, where we will discover that sacrifice is meaningless when it is separated from the promise of God. Cain burned hot in his fury. His pride had closed his ears to reason, and in anger he hardened his heart to the gentle, yet firm entreatment of God. God said, if you do well, will you not be accepted? Cain cursed under his breath to himself, and he grit his teeth. He curled an evil stare at his own altar that he had created for God. It was filled with all kinds of fruits and grains to honor God, with the labor that he himself has sweated out. But his sacrifice had not been accepted. All his hard work and effort lay dormant on the cold stack of rocks. He had looked over Abel's sacrifice, the scent of the remnants of the roasted lamb that was burned from fire from heaven, wafted through the air and reached his nostrils. Now at this point, I don't really know um, if the saliva glands would have really watered from smelling roasted meat right after um, being cast out of Eden. Um, yeah, obviously they were still vegetarians back then. Um, so, um, but yeah, I'd, I can imagine Cain getting a little annoyed, like if he's smelling this sweet fragrance, kind of just rubbing salt in the wound. Um, of just his own mouth sort of deceiving himself and um, having the, the f desired effect um, that he was wanting. And um, so yeah, um, I asked my wife about this if, because uh, she's kind of been vegetarian for a few years now and she told me that she, she doesn't really, her mouth doesn't water when she smells meat cooking. Um, I know my niece, um, she kind of gets a little queasy when when she eats eggs, so, and she's been like a vegetarian since she was three years old. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know if there's any vegetarians in here um, who've been vegetarian your whole life. Like, does your mouth water when, when you smell cooking meat? Not really, no? Okay, so maybe it's more individual thing. Um, if you're online, you can type in the chat um, whether, yeah, your mouth waters when you smell, smell meat. Um, I'll have to ask someone what the results are on that. Um, but thanks for the responses there. Um, so Cain, Cain compared the two scenes before him, his altar and Abel's altar, and he knew that he had not offered the complete requirements of a faithful and obedient sacrifice. He was already instructed of what God required, and he knew that redemption is not possible without blood. But the sacrifice pointed to the one who was promised um, to offer salvation and bring an end to the sin. This was, the, this was what the lamb represented. <clears throat> and as a child of Eve, um, he would have known that he could have been part of this lineage. He was a seed of Eve, and that's where the, the promised one would come from. Um, but he didn't agree with all of God's requirements. This test that God gave Cain and Abel revealed the intentions of their hearts. It revealed the completeness or uncompleteness of their dependence and faith in God to fulfill what he had promised. The test was not designed to exclude one or the other. Both could have passed the test by offering the firstborn of the flock and their thanks, offering of thanks. But Cain, he determined to bring what he thought would suffice instead of what God required. He didn't seek to understand God's character, God's will, or God's plan of salvation through this ceremonial ritual that God had given them. He considered God's curse on humanity and the earth to be unwarranted. He questioned God's authority and judgment. Instead of humbling himself, he entertained and invited rebellion into his heart. God continued to reason and caution Cain from continuing down his path of disobedience. He said, if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. Your desire is in it, and you rule in it. So the Hebrew text here suggests that Cain was not necessarily angry specifically at God or Abel in particular. Um, he was angry that he didn't get his way and that his offering wasn't accepted. So the word hara uh, in Hebrew means to become hot. And in the Hebrew, whenever hara is used with the preposition la, um, that's to, so be hot to, the context doesn't reveal specific anger towards someone. Instead, it references anger to a broader situation or some type of outcry um, that uh, someone hears. So the literal translation again would read, it became hot to Cain. So, Cain's not even the subject of the phrase when it's used this way. Um, he's the object. So in contrast, when the Hebrew re refers to someone being angry towards someone, it uses the preposition but instead. So that's in. So hara but. And hara but is used more frequently in the Hebrew. And again, it would be translated to be hot against someone, be angry against someone. Um, so I won't spend too much time re repeating because um, it, it's kind of hard to describe without seeing examples exactly. But I hope it's clear that in Genesis 4, uh, verse 5, hara le would be translated that it became hot to Cain, meaning that the whole situation made Cain's blood boil. 
He was angry at God. He was angry at Abel. He was angry at his offering not being accepted as a substitute for God's requirements. So believe it or not, um, and this might surprise many of you who, who know me to be uh, a patient and super chill guy, but I had a, a serious problem with my, my own temper when I was a kid. Some of the earliest memories I had um, are related to having a, a bad temper, like my face would just turn super red and I would just tense up and veins would be popping out. And when I'm angry, like I would just literally like flail my arms in every direction, just letting know people I'm angry, trying to hit everything I could. Um, but I was little and didn't really do any damage. Um, but this one time, and I don't even really know what set me off originally, um, but my, I just remember my eldest brother and my sister were, were kind of laughing at me for something embarrassing that I did. Um, so I'm gonna guess I was around four or five here and I was the youngest and smallest of four, four kids, so um, my siblings were much bigger and faster than I was at this point, and they would just laugh harder when I get angry because uh, I couldn't really do anything to them. So, um, but at this time, and I don't know where the thought came from, but um, I just knew when it was happening, like I, I made a beeline to the kitchen and I grabbed the biggest knife that I could find. And um, I tried to make myself as tall as possible. Like I'd stand on my tiptoes and I'd lift my arm up and like just be screaming, trying to chase them around the house. But um, the laughter kind of stopped at this point. Um, and they just, they just rushed into uh, my sister's room. She, she slammed the door behind, behind them. They left, uh, I think my middle brother outside in the hallway with me, but I wasn't mad at him. So I was like, had this knife. They were behind the door. I didn't want to do anything to my middle brother. So I'm just like, I don't know, eventually I cooled off, so. Uh, and, and thank God, so uh, um, if I haven't apologized um, to you, um, I'm, I'm really sorry, like, uh, I'm actually worried, that, that concerns me that uh, a four or five year old had a knife chasing his, his siblings around. If I didn't hurt them, I could have hurt myself even, so um, I get along with my siblings fine, so um, yeah, I thank God that from the outcome there, so. Um, but I, I, I know what it's like to have this be blinded by rage and just let it consume you. And uh, it's something I, I struggled with growing up to try to, to learn to, to quell. But um, yeah, I did have family. I had uh, Sabbath school teachers who were able to, to work with me. Um, but unfortunately, Cain was not able to quell his anger. The Bible doesn't record a single word from his brother Abel uh, throughout the text. And I think... Uh, Moses' decision uh, to leave Abel silent uh, reinforces the fact that, that Cain was the one who silenced his brother. He has no voice to speak for himself. Later, God speaks up for Abel, so we know that God, is a, God stands up for the oppressed. Um, but in verse 8, it says that Cain spoke to Abel, and it doesn't record any of the conversation. Um, but I imagine Cain trying to reason or I imagine Abel trying to reason with Cain to, to get him to understand that um, this is the only way for, for salvation to happen is through the blood of the lamb. We can't do it on our own merits. Um, but Cain, he rejected God's requirements. He chose not to believe God's promise and he rebelled against the will of his creator. And Cain would live for himself and he uh, quieted the one voice that was trying to convince him otherwise. He let his rage and rebellion get the better of him, and he struck Abel dead. 
So this must have hit Adam and Eve a little bit, a little bit different. Um, this is the first death recorded and human death recorded in the Bible. And it was one of their sons killing another one of their sons. So they must have wept and remembered God's warning in the Garden of Eden before they left of the consequences of eating the forbidden fruit. You will surely die. And this is what they saw. This is what they witnessed. Um, the reality of sin began to be understood more um, to Adam and Eve. Death was not only the punishment um, of uh, disobedience, but they now saw that sinful actions could, could cause disobedience. Sinful actions of their son, sinful actions of their descendants, killing each other. Um, this became a, a reality they, they probably didn't think of when they, they heard those words, you, shall, you will surely die. Um, I'm sure if they knew this was going to be the outcome that they would have never eaten the fruit. Um, and in, in this exchange between these brothers, they realized that with the struggle between good and evil, this is, this is how life would look like for the rest of their lives and for the generations to come. So... Cain did not offer uh, a, a lamb as a sacrifice to God uh, according to his requirements, but it's a little uh, ironic that he, he does end up killing somebody. Uh, it wasn't a lamb, but it, it was his brother. Um, but this wasn't the requirement of God. God didn't ask him to kill a brother. Like, killing Abel did, had no profit to, to Cain. It was just the result of his rage. So... When Cain built his altar and put his grains and fruits on, in his attempt to earn salvation in his own way and do what was right in his own eyes, he committed a terrible crime. The sacrifice that Cain offered did not represent the plan of redemption that God himself had authored. It represented his own works and his own effort, but it is not through works, labor, or sacrifice of men, even the sacrifice of men, in which salvation is gained. No amount of merit can earn a man his own salvation. It is only by the blood of the Lamb. So Abel saw this promise of God through the sacrifice. He knew that he could not save himself, but took it in faith that God would take the burden of sin upon his shoulders. So I kind of want to differentiate between um, two kinds of sacrifices here. Um, there's one that we can only offer with, a, with our lives. Um, that's the wages of, of death. But through the Holy Spirit, we can claim the, the death and resurrection of, of Jesus as our substitute. So this first sacrifice is the Jesus sacrifice. And it does for us what we can never do for ourselves. And the second kind of sacrifice is self-sacrifice. It is meant to be a blessing to others. It's not meant to be a way to reward ourselves I know sometimes we can get caught up with thinking that by sacrificing ourselves, we'll receive a better reward or a greater blessing later on. Um, so if this is your idea of sacrifice, then I think you're missing the point. Um, just as Jesus sacrificed himself to be a blessing to us, we ourselves uh, can be a, a sacrifice to be a blessing to others. But self-sacrifice um, is never a substitute for the Jesus sacrifice. And when we lose sight of the Jesus sacrifice in our lives, the beautiful promise of God, then self-sacrifice kind of loses all, all its meaning. 
we only end up making uh, life more miserable for ourselves um, because we have all these expectations of, of what we're going to get if we're sacrificing. And um, yeah, if we don't have God's promise as the, the main thrust of why we're self-sacrificing, then uh, we don't bring honor or glory to God. So Cain deliberately chose to rebel. Um, he got caught up. Um, um, but for us, like, when we get caught up with the daily rigmarole of life, um, it can cause us to lose sight of Jesus' sacrifice and live a life that's only based on self-sacrifice. Um, so this is my message today, that uh, we don't lose, lose sight of uh, Jesus um, when we are serving the world, because, uh, yeah, it, as ministers, um, people expect us to, to sacrifice, and we expect others to sacrifice as we're all serving God. Um, but we always must keep the promise in mind, the same promise that, that Abel saw when he put the lamb on the altar. So both Cain and Abel made, made an altar to God, and both of them brought their own offerings from their respective occupations. But only one of them brought an offering that honored and claimed God's promise that illustrated the blood of the lamb. God approaches Cain now and allows him to explain himself. He asks, where is Abel, your brother? Cain responds with no remorse. I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Throughout Genesis, the word for keep, and that's shamar now, um, is closely tied to covenant language. Uh, in Genesis 18, 19, it says, and this is in reference to Abraham, God says, for I've chosen him that he may command his children and his household after me to keep, that's Shamar, uh, the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. And the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised. So Cain's response here um, by saying Shamar uh, is kind of hints at his rejection of a covenant relationship with God. Um, so God calls Cain out on this lie. He says, what have you done? The voice of your brother cries out to me from the ground. Here God pronounces judgment on Cain. He is deserving of death, but God spares his life. The ground that Abel's blood was spilt on would no longer yield strength to Cain, and he will wander the earth. And now Cain complains, complains about his punishment. He fears being driven all over the surface of the earth by people who want to exact revenge on him for killing Abel. But God discourages the act of trading a life for a life at this time and offers grace to the murderer. He places a mark on Cain to identify the curse on him that whoever finds him and kills him would be avenged sevenfold. So the Bible records Cain going out from the presence of the Lord. So as we can see, it's not God that leaves the presence of Cain here, but, but Cain is the one who leaves the presence of God. So uh, he dwells in the land of, of Nod, um, which uh, when it says Cain's a wanderer, um, he uses this word nod, which means wandering. Um, so yeah, the, the universe was a witness to Satan's influence on Cain and the world. Uh, none of Cain's descendants made it in Noah's ark. Uh, they were all wiped out by the flood. Sin infected the world so greatly that only eight people were spared from the worldwide disaster. So it should be noted that Cain's descendants did make some contributions to the culture of humanity other than sin. Um, 
this isn't to, to say that their wickedness was okay, but um, his son built the first city mentioned in the Bible. Um, Jabal uh, made, made living in tents and having livestock a way of life. Jubal uh, is credited with playing music on the strings and wind instruments. And Tubal Cain was a, a blacksmith in bronze and iron. Um, Lamech was a first, uh, I guess you could say, the, the case of uh, polygamy. He married two wives, which uh, uh, continued throughout the, the Bible as well. Um, so the legacy uh, of Cain uh, will always be remembered for the evil deeds and sinful, and sinful acts. Um, it had to be stopped. His legacy had to be stopped by the flood, or not even eight people would have been spared. Uh, it's a legacy of rejecting the promise of God's redemption through the act of sacrifice. Um, so God would give his own, own son to die for our sins. Now, in conclusion, I hope that you're able to see these two kinds of sacrifice in the Christian life. First and foremost, that um, the Jesus sacrifice, that is the, the sacrifice that we are, are freed from our sins and uh, we can receive salvation. And secondly, a Christian lives a life of, of self-sacrifice to be a blessing to others. Um, and this is what we want to attain. We want to have both. First, the Jesus sacrifice and then offer ourselves in self-sacrifice as in uh, being an example of Jesus. But a life of self-sacrifice without the Jesus sacrifice, it's really meaningless because it doesn't glorify God and it makes your own life more burdensome. So if you've been caught up in a life of self-sacrifice without the promise of God um, found in Jesus, in the Jesus sacrifice, I invite you to pray with me now. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, just submit ourselves to you today, Lord. We, we thank you for giving us your son, Lord, to, to die on the cross and to take the burden of sin away, Lord, the one that we cannot do ourselves. And uh, with this message, Lord, we, we pray that uh, we can share this message with those who don't know. Um, there, are, there are canes in the world who uh, we don't think maybe deserve to hear this message, Lord, but we ask that you can give us courage to, to share it with, with everyone and they can make their own decision. Um, what a blessing it would have been if, if Cain would have uh, repented and, and turned back to, to God. But um, that was not the case. But, but here now in this day, Lord, we're able to, to share this message worldwide um, in our churches, Lord, online. Um, your word can, can move so fast these days. So uh, we ask for, for faith and courage to be able to, to spread your word, Lord, to share the love of Jesus, to restore the beauty of God into its rightful place, Lord. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.